Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The combination of this university with its world-class education and this athletic department with its some of the best programs and the respective sports in the country, and this basketball program with one national championship and 10 Final Fours and 14 Sweet Sixteens and 27 NCAA tournament appearances and 20 Big Ten championships and 51 draft picks in a location where there is a rich pool of talent to recruit beginning with this state and then that whole combination supported by Buckeye Nation a passionate fan base that absolutely loves and craves a winner that combination was was just simply too hard to pass off are you ready for the best Buckeye basketball podcast by the fans for the fans where they cover the Buckeyes in the Big Ten from a perspective like none other, the OHIO Podcast is proud to present Shot from the Shot. Here are your hosts, Nikki D and the Monk. All right, everybody, we're back here with Shots from the Shot with Nikki D here in the Monk. How are we doing today, Jason? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Just enjoying the beautiful weather up here. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we got some beautiful weather down here in Ohio as well. Um, I know you were busy this past, like, you know, basically this past month or so with your son's travel baseball team. How's that been going for you guys? Ah, it's been uh, been a little bit of an adventure, um, but overall, it's been a really good season so far, and definitely looking forward to in about three or four weeks. I think, I believe it's the week of Fourth of July. We go down to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, for the Cal Ripken tournament. Oh, nice! That should be a lot of fun. Well, good luck to you guys, uh, and good luck to your son's team. Actually, off for uh, during that weekend for that tournament. That's gonna be amazing. Oh yeah! All right, guys. Well, we have a packed show here for you tonight. Uh, we have we're gonna be doing uh, something a little different here on the show. We're gonna do an all-time starting five. So any Ohio State player in history, uh, where we're gonna add to it, and then we're gonna do a decade team. So Jason and I are gonna pick one player from the 80s, one player from the 90s, one player from the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020 decade so far. And once we pick one player, we can't repeat that decade. So uh, that's going to be a fun thing. And then, of course, we are going to be covering and giving your guys, uh, giving our thoughts here on Holtman's new contract extension. Um, I'm going to just go ahead here with my all-time five, Jason. Mine's pretty standard. 
Um, it's really just a mix of our final four team, uh, from the Thad Mata's, you know, Thad Mata's final four team of the 2010 era and then his, uh, national runner up. So, uh, my point guard's Aaron Kraft. I have Mike Conley Jr., Evan Turner's a forward, Jared Sullinger's my power forward, and Greg Oden's gonna be my center. Um, I, I think <laughs> all those names really just speak for themselves, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm now going to pass it over to you. Give us your all-time starting five and why you picked those guys, Jason. Well, I tell you what, man. Great minds think alike because I've got everyone except for one player on your list. (laughs) And who was that? Uh, The only one I didn't have was Mike Conley because I would take Aaron Kraft over Conley as my point. And I know you moved him to shooting guard, but I went at shooting guard. I went with Jim Jim Jackson. Oh, you went with Jim Jackson. Okay. Yes, sir. And why'd you go with Jim Jackson here? I'm interested. Well, he's a bigger body. I mean, he averaged 19 points a game for his career, almost six rebounds, four assists. I mean, you can't go wrong there. And he every year he was at Ohio State, they improved and got farther in the tournament. So. I think he's just a solid, great player. And then you match him up with Kraft at defense. Evan Turner's defense is scoring. I mean, he does everything. Sollinger can space the floor, do everything. And then, of course, you got the big man in the middle that was just a dominant force, even being injured half the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Greg Oden was in the paint, not many teams decided that they were going to try try him in the paint you know what i mean yeah i mean he averaged three 3.3 uh blocks a game like that's insane Uh, yeah (laughs) that's that's like really insane when you think about 3.3 blocks a game yeah now what really threw me off was that jared sullinger outweighs or outweighed greg odin (laughs) really yeah, um, at that time, Sullinger was 6'9", 265, Odin was seven foot two fifty. Wow. I was like, that kind of blew, took me back for a second, like, holy crap. That's actually kind of crazy, because I, th- I thought, you know, Greg Odin was a big, big dude yeah. for his sight. I mean, yeah, even coming out of high school, he had that man's body already. You know, he wasn't yeah. a puny, scrawny seven-footer. Oh, no, he wasn't. I, I met him a few years, a, a couple of years ago at the Memorial Golf Tournament here in Columbus, and the guy still looked like he was like 45, 80 years old. You know what I mean? He, he, right. just, he just naturally just looked old. He just looks older. It was, uh, he was the, the, the Chris Winkie of basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Chris, so that's actually a perfect, perfect, perfect description of it. Um. Yeah, that's actually crazy that we only really had one guy different, and that was uh, your shooting guard over my shooting guard. Yeah, we're starting to sound like Eric and Chris. <laughs> yeah, just going straight down through it, man. Um, I mean, we could just say, I mean, Jared Sullinger really speaks for himself, um, oh, what he absolutely. was offensively and defensively. And I think one thing we both really liked about Sullinger and why I personally kind of did put him in my all-time five was – He's very uh, versatile on defense. You know, um, he could guard the center or he can guard outside. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he, was, he was a rebounding machine too. Oh yeah, him and, and he, Greg Oden. You were gonna, you're gonna get plenty of rebounds. Oh yeah, because he averaged nine point seven rebounds in his career, and Oden was nine point six. So 
If that tells you anything. <laughs> uh, see, we're already at almost 20 rebounds a game just with those two alone. All right, and then you got yeah. almost seven with Turner and six with Jackson. Yeah, that's the team right there. And and you know what? Speaking of that, with Evan Turner, seven rebounds a game, that's actually a very un, um this point about his game. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, that guy, to me, honestly, could be one of probably top two, if not the greatest player to play at Ohio State at this point because of everything that he did. I agree. I, I, I wholly agree. He had no no weak points in his game whatsoever. And he was a leader, too. He was a true leader on the court. Yeah, oh, and I mean, what that, that moment in the Big Ten tourney when he hit that off, like half court, just inside half court shot to beat Michigan, phew, what a moment that was. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you, always, always, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it's like it's one of those moments where you always just go back and you and you watch it when you're like ah I need to see Michigan lose, you oh, know most definitely most definitely <laughs> and it's like and it's like a heartbreak you know it's like I I just don't want to see him lose I want to see him lose in a heartbreaking fashion right especially that Michigan team because th- then they have like Trey Burke and a couple other really good players I think uh, I Glenn think so. Robinson the third. I think so. I think that, and I think that Michigan team actually went on to go to I, an the elite finals. or final four or the finals that year or something. Yeah, which actually, too, I think we got eliminated in the final four against Kansas that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I just looked that up. Um, but um, and then my colleague junior to me, uh, why I put him in over somebody else was he was just another, you know, scoring option. He took care of the ball really well. He was another ball handler. Um, and then we all know what Aaron Kraft is. Oh yeah. I tell you, I, I love Mike Conley junior, but you know, I just, to me, Aaron Kraft was, is the ultimate point guard. And uh, cause Conley, he, he's the most underrated point guard in the NBA. I don't care what anyone says. He deserves an all-star appearance. I more agree. Than anybody. I agree. So. I agree. <laughs> he deserves to be an all-star. Um, I mean, he, I think when he signed his contract with the, uh, Utah Jazz, it was well deserved. So good, good job, Mike Conley. Um, Aaron Kraft, we all know what Aaron Kraft does, so you know. Um, he was like how we always said Kyle Young was a heart and soul of this team. That was Aaron Kraft and more. Right. Oh yeah. I was watching some highlights on him earlier today when he first came in the league, and they they were in Columbus and Michigan State tried to like just throw the ball away when it was going out of bounds, and he chased it down and then got the and one call. Oh, that was beautiful. I was watching his shot against Iowa State in the tournament where he knocks down the three. Oh, and yeah. he wasn't shooting well at all. And he just <laughs> steps up and knocks down that three. And I was like, why? I'll never forget because I, I, I was yelling at my TV, Aaron, why are you shooting that? You're, you're not a shooter. Give the ball to one of our shooters. Come on. And, right. and, and then all of a sudden it goes in. I'm like, Aaron Kraft, yes. And that's so crazy because in high school, man, that dude was a scorer. I, I just, just don't get it. He didn't need to be. He didn't right. need to be. But and go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say it's like he once he got to college, he developed kind of a hitch in his jump shot, but he definitely squared it away towards the end. 
Yeah, he did. Um, one thing I liked, though, was I think Aaron knew that it wasn't important for him to score, as it was more important for, like, Deshaun Thomas, Jared Sullinger, William Buford, um, you know, and all those guys to get into their rhythms with, like, D- John Diebler and all the, you know, when they were all there, for right. those guys to really get into their rhythms. And he knew that if he only scored two to three points a game, that was going to be enough, you know? Oh, yeah, he was he was that throwback 80s point guard. That exactly. Old, old school style. Speaking of the 80s, speaking of the 80s, we're moving <laughs> into our decade team. So we're going to start at the 80s. And we're moving all the way down. Um, we included the 2020s because let's include some of the newer guys in it, right? Um, yep. My 80s player was Tony Campbell, forward. Okay? He right. was a senior on our 83-84 team. Okay? He averaged 18.6 18.6 points a game, seven rebounds, and a, and one three assists. He went on to be, it looks like, an NBA legend. Um, we Our team didn't really perform that well. They didn't really do well that year. But I, 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 like, I, I like the way, and he's long. He's 6'7", all right? So I, I liked him for his height. Um, Jason, who was your 80s player that you picked for your all-decades team? Well, for my 80s player, I went with center Herb Williams. He played from 77 to 81, six okay. foot, ten, six foot ten, 242 pounds. And at that time, that's just a monster of a dude. Uh, 17 points a game for his career and almost 10 rebounds a game. So I, I didn't really look much into what the team did. Um, cause, you know, I'm saving that for when we get down the road. So I went strictly player here. Oh, nice. Nice. I like that. I like that. All righty. Jason, who was your 90s player? Yeah, of course. I already picked him once, so why not do it again? Jim Jackson. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, my 90s player was actually guard Michael Red. Um, you know, being a 6'6 guard, I really like that. Um so and he averaged 19.5 points a game, five rebounds, and two assists. Um, that's that's really good production from a guard, right? Oh, You'll yeah. take that any day. So that's what I was looking at there uh, for my 90s teams. Uh, Jason, your 2000 player, your 2000 yeah. player. Michael Red. I was thinking about him too, as well as uh, Clark Kellogg. But I just went with these other guys. But um, for my 2000s, Mr. Do-Everything, Evan Turner. I don't blame you there. Um, That was a tough one for me. I, I went back and forth. Between, There's so many. <laughs> yeah, there were so many guys in that 2000s. I went back and forth of who I really wanted, right? When it came down to it, I said I had to look at myself and I had to say there's some guards and forwards I'd rather have from the 80s, you know, and stuff, right? right? But there's not a lot of centers I would have pre-2000, and the only center that I would want to choose is Greg Oden. Right. You know, so I I had to go with Greg Oden for my 2000 player. I I just – 
I feel bad leaving Evan Turner. I feel bad leaving some of these guys out, but it's just like we never had a center like him before and after. Right. I honestly, I had thought about taking uh, Costa Kofis or um, Mullins as well, but I just, I figured that old school guy, just the way he looked and played would work well with the team that I picked. I, I, that's, and you made a phenomenal pick though. That, that was a great pick. Um, all right. We're moving into the closer decades. Um, the end of the Thad Mod, the beginning of the Chris Holtman decades, right? Um, your 2010 player. My absolute favorite Buckeye of all time, one Aaron Kraft. <laughs> you can't go wrong with the guy. You just can't. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't blame you. I had to go a different route. His buddy down low, I picked Jared Sullinger for my yeah. 2010s player. I It was just hard, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I struggle with that, too, but I figured my 2020 power forward more than made up for it. Very, sim- very similar player. And who was that? That'd be one EJ Liddell. <laughs> Great pick. See, and I, and I went for my 2020s player. Our freshman phenom, Malachi Branham. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to pick him after our conversation last night. <laughs> yeah, I love Malachi. I and see, that's where I was like, do I take Aaron Kraft and go EJ Liddell like you did, or do I go Jaron Sullinger Malachi? Well, I tell you, I really liked uh, this all decade thing because it, you really had to think about your pieces like you couldn't just all randomly pick like you know what you do with the your all-time list because you can just throw whoever out there but yeah. you actually you actually got to create a team and you know not be able to choose from the same decade because you know we would have both loved to choose a bunch from 2000 to 2009 oh easy <laughs> i and, and that's and that like i mean just like our all-time starting five i mean four of the four of your five were all you know just like mine were all pre that were all sad mata right. right you know i mean and you're and that's what made this fun you really had to go Ooh, i like this guy okay well what does my team look like if i choose him versus if i have aaron Kraft and mike conley jr what am i who you know who am i left for for center you right. know, um, which made that really fun. And I think we're going to do this again um, with a different player. So we won't be able to pick these same guys. Oh, that's going to be fun. I tell you what, though, I would like um, to see what some of the fans that are listening get on our fan page and put either your all time starting five or do the decade ones like me and Nick just did. I would be really interested to see what you guys come up with. Yes, I was going to say that, and thank you for bringing that up, Jason. Please, everybody, what we want you to do, get on our Facebook group page. Um, you will see a post here by either Jason or I um, once the show has been posted for you guys to post your all-time starting five teams and your decade team like we did. So just, again, to refresh your minds with those rules, um, you have to choose one player from the 80s, one player from the 90s, one player from the 2000s, the 2010s, and then the 2020 decade so far. Um, and once, and then once you've uh, done that, we're going to see how everybody else's lineups stacked up to ours. Um, Jason will pick two. I will pick two. 
So Jason will pick one all-time starting five and one decade team from the fans. I'll do the same, and then we'll announce which ones we picked um, on our next show. How does that sound, Jason? I like the idea. Alrighty. Let's get some uh, fan sport and get going on it. (laughs) Yeah. So this will get a little fan participation here now. This is the – this is going to be the hard part of the show for some fans to listen to. (laughs) Okay. So I'm I'm warning you guys now for our listeners, this is going to be a little hard. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna dive into the Holtman contract here. Okay. I am not for it. Jason is. So I'm gonna go ahead and say why I'm not for it. And Jason, this is gonna be your opportunity until you're done to change my mind. Just like the, just like the memes, meme always said, right? That you see. Yeah, I don't know. Holtman doesn't deserve his contract. Change my mind, right? I don't know if I will be able to do that, man. You, you seem pretty stuck on that. <laughs> so, hey, hey, it's your opportunity. So here, let's just go over the contract. So with the new deal, Holtman will be on the sideline in the shot scene center um, through the twenty seven, the twenty seven, twenty eight, um, obviously twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty eight season, right? Um, this new deal increases his pay um to $500,000 to a total annual compensation of 3.5 with a base salary of a million. Again, this is all through buckeyeswire.usatoday.com is where I'm getting those this information from. Um during his 5 seasons here at Ohio State, Holtman has racked up a 107 and 56 um record overall, which he is 59 and 40 in the Big 10. He has won 20 games each year. He has been with our program um, and is actually just one of three programs, Kansas and Oregon, to win 20 games and make the NCAA tournament each year. Um, it has been held during this time. Obviously, we know what happened in the 2020 COVID year. Um, so that's Holman's basically, you know, his accolades. Where I don't believe and I don't think we he deserved his extension, like his counterpart, Ryan Day, right? His counterpart being the next, you know, his competition on, on campus, who does basketball team compete with for the fan base, the football program, right? His counterpart, Ryan Day, has not let this pro, has not let his program slip one bit since taking over from his predecessor, Ryan Day, or Urban Meyer, right? Holtman has not really kept up what we ex- what we experienced under Thad Mata, right? We experienced great recruiting classes. We experienced regular season success, Big Ten tournament success, and NCAA tournament success. Now, success I define in NCAA basketball is not necessarily winning the championship every single time. Right, but it's are you competing to to be in those positions? Are you making it to the elite eight, the final four? Um, are you progressing as your coaching career has has gone on? Right, I don't, I haven't seen that from Chris Holtman. What I have seen, Jason, and, and for the listeners out there, and again, this is my opinion, right? What I have seen though is great recruiting. A great start to the start of the season has the guys ready to play and playing at a high level, which is great. But 
it seems once January hits or the end of January, that start of February, we start a decline. Injuries start piling up. We start this down season slide, and we don't perform in the Big Ten championship or in the Big Ten tournament. We don't perform then going in, into the NCAA tournament. And as great of a recruiting classes as he has had, because he has brought in some phenomenal athletes, I don't see where he's elevated their game as a team and made them elevate as a team to these higher levels. Um, and that's where all my frustration has came in with this um, new contracts extension, especially the length of it. You know, um, he's he's a great recruiter. Don't get me wrong. However, though, is he elevating our program to a higher level with these great recruits? If you have to ask me at this point, my answer is no. Right. Well, you know, I, I 100% see your point because I've had the same thoughts at times as well. But I I also give him credit for the consistency and especially for what he walked into. Because you look at the last two years of Thad Mata's tenure there, they, it was just a fast, steady decline. Well, it, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll well, address that, but go ahead. I was just saying, you know, people were starting to leave. Uh, the recruiting classes were not near up to standards. So when Holtman took over, kids in schools were not opening their doors for him and his staff like they should have been, like they are now, because, you know, he's proven what he can do. Um, so, I mean, he came in in a kind of a bad situation, and he took an underachieving team his first season and had a really good season. Now, with that really good first season with that particular team, I think that is where all the frustration really kind of started because, you know, us as fans, like you said, with that money came right in, started winning, did nothing but win. And so when Holtman did that and then for it not to keep progressing, you know, the th- second, third, fourth year, whatever, it just kind of, uh, well, set in, and I mean, we, we've been spoiled because even, like you said, with the football side, you know, you've got um, Trestle who came in, turned it right around, and won a national title what within three years, and then his uh, technically his second year coaching. Yeah, and then um, so, but then Mata comes in, and, you know, after that, and he did five regular season Big Ten titles four tournament titles, two Final Four appearances, and an NIT title. So, I mean, the guy definitely knew what he was doing. <laughs> well, sure. and here's, well, and and like you said, uh, you know, the, that, the end of the Thad modern years weren't that great, right? Oh, however, however, what that was a result of, though, was him – going after the one-and-done athletes and needing to do that because that's how the at that time when he was leaving, that really after Aaron Kraft's class left with Jared Sullinger, William Beaver, Deshaun Thomas, it was that class with, like, D'Angelo Russell that really started this whole one-and-done era, right? And Thad Mata was trying to keep up with Coach K, 
He was trying to keep up with Roy Williams. He was trying to keep up with uh the Kansas coach, right? Right. And it and he and he oh how can I forget this? He was trying to keep up with Calipari down in Tennessee, right? He was pulling the top five guys in every class, right? Uh, so he, go ahead. I was gonna say it's because he was going Jimbo Fisher and Brown bagging it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no. I mean, there's probably one coach outside of Thad Mata that I just named out, and probably Roy Williams that was not getting dirty, and that was Coach K. All right. Yeah, no. I mean, Coach K and Roy Williams. I do hold. I do say they got the recruits on their merits, right? They didn't have to convince a kid to come to Duke or North Carolina. No, not at all. You know, Calipari, on the other hand, when you're drinking the the number one through five guys as freshmen to come in, like he did with John Wall in that Anthony Davis class. Right. You're definitely trying to, you're definitely Jimbo Fisher in it down there. Especially when you um, come out of nowhere as a coach. Like, who even heard of the guy prior to that? Um, You know, he he was a coach of Memphis. Yep. And he coached Derrick Rose. Now, you know how he got Derrick Rose to Memphis University? He rented – oh, no, listen. He <laughs> rented – this is, again, rumors that I read back when this happened. He rented an apartment, put it as Derek Rose's, um, like, in, like, his mother's name or something. So that way Derek Rose could come to Tennessee, take the SATs in the state of Tennessee so he would be considered an in-state student at that point, right, even though he was graduating from a high school in Chicago. Right. Right. So then that way his in-state SAT scores counted for him to be able to be academically eligible to go to um, the University of Memphis. Um, blue chip in it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So there's a lot of shady stuff going on at that time is my point, right? And it oh, wasn't I, just college basketball. No, I don't want to just say that. Sport. It was every sport at that time, right? So I think that is what – um, that Mata was falling the victim to and what our program fell victim to. Now, on the other hand, I will say this in defense of Chris Holman, he has brought our program back a little bit from those days. But, I again, it, it's the late season declines that kill me. Right. Now, um, Jason, I'm going to leave the floor to you. I'm closing the steel trap. I'm, I'm making it a steel trap over here. <laughs> Change my mind. Per, tell right. me why Holtman deserves this. Now I got to figure out where I left off at. All right. So, all right. I was talking about what Mata had achieved and yes. Trestle before him. Yes. And then, well, then, you know, like I was saying, as fans, we are very spoiled. And I think we can be a little bit of the problem. <laughs> but... You know, that's just the passion in us. That's what we do. So then you got, um, here comes Mr. Uh, 7 and 0 Captain Controversy, Urban Meyer, who in his first season, 12 and 0, and had Gene Smith not messed up royally, it would have been 13 and 0 with a national title over Notre Dame. No doubt in my mind for that year. And then, of course, like you had mentioned, Ryan Day, he comes in and just, elevates that program so we're so used to seeing people just come right in and pick it up and take it over so we're we're not used to a 
like the long journey, the long road of something progressing. And Holtman, I think it's really cool that he's actually getting that opportunity. I give Gene Smith a lot of props that he's letting this kind of develop. But with that said, I do feel at this point, it's kind of a uh, put up or shut up time. Like he has, he has to get something done, whether that's a tournament title in the big 10 or a regular season conference title. And, you know, with the big uptick in recruiting, I think that's really going to help him, you know, as far as elevating the team, especially with the recruits we got this year. I mean, you have four that are ranked in the top 60 and then you look ahead to next year. I know it's still early, but you are, he's already got two in the top 100, which are very good players. And like Ryan Day, he's brought in a couple pieces on the staff. One guy in particular, like we had mentioned him, I think in our last show, uh, the guy coming from Miami of Ohio and sure. his tenure at Purdue, though, is what really sold me on this guy and his development with point guards and his recruiting and, and the point guard or not just the point guards, but the guards and the guards that he has developed, their names speak for themselves. And with the guards we got coming in, I mean, he's, he's going to work wonders. And I think it's really going to boom our recruiting even more. And Jason, you know, this, cause I drilled this leading up to tournament time, every episode. If you want to win the NCAA tournament and have success late in the season and then postseason, what do you have to have? You, you got to have that floor leader, man. You got to have that that guy that's just gonna come down and put a dagger in the other team's heart, man. Guard play, you have to and, have good guard play, and that and we'll get into this on a later show, everybody. But that's what this new assistant coach brings. Um, next week, we're our next show. We will. Cover that, everybody. We will get into the new hires and the new recruits. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. This guy is going to be good. So, Jason, if I'm, if I'm, what I'm gathering here, though, man, what I'm gathering, I'm, from I'm, you here, re, I'm rewarding consistency and the slow improvement. I, you know, I just like seeing a coach in this era when it's win now or get fired, a guy actually getting a chance to build a program. And I, and I do. I, I do like that. I do like that he's been given the opportunity. Um, but what I'm getting here from you is it, it sounds like you're you're for an extension of his contract, right? Mm-hmm. Is you, now, are you okay with the length of his contract? I, another six years or five years rather? I was surprised that it was that long, and the only reason that I am really okay with it is because now it shows these uh, future recruits that he's going after that he's going to be there, and you're going to need that in these times, especially with the NIL, where it's not about what you're producing on the floor or field. It's about who's going to show me the cash. Like, we need – there's got to be some – I can I can't think of the word I want to use, but you know what I'm saying. Some I, stability, I stability. There you go. Now, now, with that being said, how much? How many more seasons? So he gets five more seasons, right? How many? How much into the? How many into this 
extension do you give him before you say it may be time to make a change? Well, I tell you what, like I said, because I'm, I'm not by any means making excuses for the shortcomings. Like you said, the, the midseason implosions, the end of the year implosions, that's got to be fixed. But I, I believe he's got, you know, the right um, pieces in the staff, just like Ryan Day did, where it can start to change that. And I really like the transfers that he, that they brought in so far. Um, but to me, it, it has to be, within the first two years or these next two years. And like I said, it's either got to be a regular season conference title, a big 10 tournament title, or a deep run in the NCAA tournament. One of those three, I'm not even asking for a ton. One of those three is very possible. I mean, they've been right on the doorstep. How many times? Right. So, and I, I think in that COVID short year, I think that team was firing on all cylinders at the right time, and they would have went far. They and they definitely could have. Um, I, I, where my displeasure with the contract extension came up was definitely the length. Um, the money there was okay because that's competitive for what college basketball is, right? right. Especially for Ohio State purposes. Um, because let's just be honest, at Ohio State. You're not making nine point five million a year like Ryan Day is, right? Well, that, Ryan Day deserves that contract yes. more than anybody else, and the fact that Jim Harbaugh was making more money than him was a mockery of our program. Oh, I well, <laughs> we could talk about that that later, <laughs> but but what I'll say though is is you're not going to make that money at Ohio State. So for basketball, right? Like right. Duke. Different story. North Carolina, different story. Kansas, different story, right? Those are your Gonzaga, even different story. Um, however, though, I liked his money. My issue was with the length. Um, I don't think I, I, I get where I get what they're saying is, hey, guys, if you guys stay around four years, at least he's going to be here. For, he's contracted for those four. Um, but I'm with you within this extension. I'm giving him two years. And when I mean a deep NCAA run, I want us in the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. You know, when I say a deep put us in the Big Ten tournament, I want a top three seed first round by. You know? Right. Um, I don't want to be that four seed. I want to be the top three, you know? Um, regular season, be competitive. Try to, you know, be within they were. one or two games of the – um, of the conference, you know, regular season title. And we were last year, but there was an implosion at the end. Yeah. The games that we needed to win, like Minnesota and against these lesser uh, opponents, we lost. But then we faced Michigan State, Iowa, and Michigan, and it looks like Illinois. <laughs> and Illinois, and we look like we're we're poised to win a national title. Yeah, I mean, we we beat Duke. (laughs) We beat Duke, who was in the final four, you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's where my frustration comes in with his contract extension. I would have not, I would have given him three years extension and said, hey, three years possible four, you know? But I I don't think five was worth it. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, you almost had, you brought me around though. You brought me back on the Chris Holtman train. 
Well, like I said, you know, I'm not making excuses for what the issues are, but I think they've got what they need in place. Yes, they do. And I, and I think that has a lot to do with it, him bringing um, some good assistants in, also him bringing some former alum in, you know, right. and saying like, hey, guys, and we'll get into those guys too. Um, and I think that was a good thing. Now, something I know Jason was very excited that we were doing. Um, we're going to drop the whole thing. I was getting a little angry. Uh, not a little <laughs> angry, but it was getting a little tough there. Um, so we're going to end the show on a high note, okay? Jason was real excited about this, guys. He was real excited. We are going to do an all-team bracket for Ohio State basketball. We are going to take the Ohio State all-time basketball teams. We're going to throw them into a bracket. Jason and I are going to discuss them. We're each going to get a vote to see which one is better. So Jason and I, I'll be a third. Jason's going to be one-third, so that's two-thirds here between us guys. And then you, the fans, are going to be the other third. So just as, uh, you know, our sister podcast, the OHIO podcast, um, in Varsity, uh, the Varsity Films podcast, right? Uh, they get you guys involved with that. You guys are the, you know, have that say. You guys are going to have that say in ours as well. So if Jason and I go... 07 is better than that 2013 team with Aaron Kraft. I say 07. He says the 2013. Jason says 2013 team. It's up to you, the fans, to decide who moves on. Um, so we'll be getting that together. Um, we should have the first quadrant. Jason and I are going to work on it this um, week together, um, shoot some messages back and forth and try to get at least one side done so we can announce that and start that, and then we'll be able to announce the other side. Sounds like a plan to me. Alrighty. <laughs> um, anything else, Jason, before we uh, let these guys have the rest of their evening? Uh, yeah, I, I did have a quick little side note. You know, since we're talking about the extensions, I would like to give a shout out to the Lady Buckeyes basketball coach McGruff for getting his four year extension. I mean, that guy has really done a lot of good things with that program in his nine years there especially last season with a 25-7 and seven overall record, 14-4 and four in the Big Ten with a conference title. And they had a good run in the NCAA tournament, making it to the Sweet 16. All of that without their the Dorka Juhas, who transferred to Connecticut. I think if she would have stayed, they would have been in the Final Four easily. I like it, Jason. Thanks for always, always never leaving out our Lady Buckeyes. Uh, we love them, too. All right, guys. Well, for us here at the From Shots from the Shot, till next time, hang on, Sloopy. Keep calm and Buckeye on.